Uncommon Commons is a horror anthology podcast written and recorded by George Plank and Alex Vitale. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Today's story is Pressed for Time by George Plank. Are you in here? John, where are you? In where? Uh, you're not in the microwave. I don't know. You managed to get yourself into the toaster oven last week. I thought I'd check. Oh, in the fridge? What are you doing in there? Don't you know refrigerators are dangerous? Haven't you even seen Punky Brewster? Yeah, me neither. But come on. We can't have you becoming a statistic. Imagine if you died in there. Then people would say that refrigerators are responsible for 50% of all deaths in the void. Not if you die in one, too. <laughs> no. I'm going to die when I fall in the shower and hit my head on a faucet when I'm 63. Oh, right. How could I forget? It's like you don't even read my newsletter. Here's the latest issue. This is my mail. Oops, wrong paper. Oh, well, you should probably read it anyway. It's just as accurate. You mean that everything in this story is completely accurate? Sure. Now read it. Right now? Yep. Or it's back in the refrigerator with you. Uh, it takes you a while to open your eyes. It feels like you're fighting your own eyelids to get them open. But eventually, in spite of the splitting headache, you can suddenly see the expanse of the room. It's not really all that much to look at. White floor and white walls with a white ceiling. The room is very well lit, despite the fact that you can't seem to find a lamp or any other light source anywhere. How did you get in here? Where even is here? Think for a second. What is the last thing you remember? Were you at home? Were you in your bedroom? Were you lying in bed? That seems likely because that's what you usually do as soon as you get home from work. So you were lying in bed and now you're here. But where is here? Impossible to say, since this room doesn't seem to have any windows or doors. No furniture, either. In fact, the only deviation from the barrenness of the room seems to be a vent located in the middle of the ceiling, and a wooden ladder leaning against one of the walls. No, don't think about it. The ladder is just a little taller than you are, and nowhere near reaches the height of the ceiling. You could try shouting. Go ahead, I'll wait. Ooh, that's an interesting echo. It's almost like shouting into an empty can. The walls are probably metal. Upon going up and touching the walls, the cold temperature confirms for you that they are, in fact, some kind of metal. You feel the walls, and despite your best efforts, you can't seem to find any seams or gaps in the metal, which means that you, my friend, are trapped in here. Now don't try to fight your way out. Hey, stop it! The last time you tried to punch a steel sheet, how did that go for you? Oh, you've never done that? then you're severely out of practice and wouldn't even be able to put a dent in this one. All that it succeeded in doing was creating a tink, tink, tinking sound and creating some delightfully discolored spots on your knuckles. Now what are you doing? Oh, get up. Now isn't the time to start crying. Did you hear that? I said, did you hear that? No, of course you didn't. You were probably too busy focusing on the futility of your situation. Listen. You hear the sound of metal on metal. 
like the sound of two train cars being hooked together, followed quickly by the groaning of metal pushing against itself. And maybe for a moment, you think that the tears in your eyes must be causing you to see things, but you could swear that the far wall is closer than it was before. And the wall to your left. And the wall to your right. And then it hits you. The, the wall behind you. It hits you. You scramble to your feet, wiping the tears from your eyes, just to confirm that, yes, the room is folding in on itself. You pound your fists against the metal walls and scream out for someone, anyone, to hear you. But we've been over this already. No one is coming for you. If anything, they want you here. You plant your feet and attempt to push the wall back into place. You put your entire shoulder into it, but you can feel your feet slipping away. You turn and try to push it with your back, but that is doing nothing except causing you to slip little by little down the wall. Well, if your own strength isn't enough, what are you going to do? The ladder? We've already established that it's too short to reach the grate. Oh, you're going to try and brace the walls with the ladder. Well, in that case, better hurry. They're getting closer. It's clear that you hadn't spent all that much time in the gym because just trying to hold this ladder up horizontally causes you a not insignificant amount of strain. But you manage to keep it aloft for just long enough. You feel the jostle of one of the walls hitting the ladder. And then just a moment or two later, you feel the second, followed by silence. The metal sound has stopped. You take your hands off the ladder and now it remains suspended in the middle of the room, bracing the walls and preventing them from getting even closer. You allow yourself a moment to rest. You move away from the ladder and lean against one of the walls. You allow yourself a sigh of relief, but you know that you still need to figure out a way out of here. I'm afraid that that might have to happen sooner rather than later. Quietly at first, you start hearing something similar to someone snapping a toothpick. Well, several dozen toothpicks. And then the sound builds from a toothpick to a pencil. You stand and immediately see the ladder buckling under the pressure. The middle is already splintering off into many uncountable wooden fibers. You hear the groan of metal once again, indicating that the walls are about to start moving. You cover your face and arms and duck down just in time to avoid most of the debris from when the pressure of the walls causes the ladder to explode. You are showered with a barrage of wooden pieces of the ladder, some larger than others, none of them resembling the ladder they once were. The walls are once again moving towards you. You can feel the floor moving, too, though much slower than the walls. You look up to see that the ceiling isn't quite as far away as it once was, but still out of reach. Maybe, just maybe, if you had waited with the ladder, you would have been able to use it to climb out. But we both know that that's no longer an option. You turn to the wall behind you and pound your fist against the surface. Tink, 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 tink. And the walls continue to groan. In fact, as you hit away at the wall, you are keenly aware of the metal sounds getting closer behind you. If you really wanted, you could reach out and touch both the walls at the same time. Hey, focus. Did you hear what I said? If you wanted to, you could reach out and touch two of the walls at the same time. Don't you want to try it? I would. I would really recommend it. You push against the two walls with both your hands, but it keeps moving. Even with all your strength put into it, you're still not stronger than a wooden ladder. Your arms aren't doing the trick, so how about your legs? After all, they've always been the stronger appendage. You lean with your back against one of the walls and extend your leg to the other. 
No change. In a moment of desperation, you extend your other leg and try and press against the wall. You sit suspended between the surfaces of the walls. The floor stopped moving. You look up to see the ceiling grate sitting maybe about four meters over your head. Without the ladder, it may as well have been four kilometers. The walls continue to close in. Your once prone suspended position appears to be more of a hunched pose. You press the palms of your hand against the surface and straighten yourself out to more of a lean. Not much, but you notice you are a bit higher up than you were before. You don't really have time to think about it. You start shuffling your feet and using your hands to slide yourself upwards. Soon the walls are close enough together that you are able to shimmy up them. It becomes easier as the walls get closer together, but ultimately more urgent. Near the ceiling, you brace your legs to give yourself a little leverage and try and hit the grate open. For the first time today, it works, and the grate swings open. Now, quickly, climb in. Surely wherever that leads must be better than here. You shimmy up the walls. Your torso clears the vent just in time as the walls become so narrow that they would no longer be able to support anyone's shoulder width. You wrench yourself into the vent, and you pull one of your legs inside. Your other leg is caught at a weird angle, and the room is too narrow to allow for any readjustments. You have more resolve than I thought. Congratulations. Neither you nor your foot has been crushed by the rapidly shrinking room, and the biggest sacrifice was your ankle. You had to twist it and essentially give a self-inflicted sprain, but the entirety of your body is inside the vent, and free of the space that could only formerly be called a room. You peer down the ventilation shaft. It appears to be a straight path. Just ahead, you see some light radiating out of another grate. Behind you is a spinning fan the size of the vent. Unsurprisingly, this vent would have been used as a vent to ventilate. As expected, every surface is made out of metal, and the passageway has incredibly low clearing, so the only way forward is for you to crawl. The pain reminds you that you're still there, wherever there might be. After a few seconds of crawling, you hear a light sound of metal shunting against metal. After your narrow escape in the room, hearing that sound again is enough to send a shiver down your spine. And if that won't do it, then the fan rapidly speeding up will. You look over your shoulder to see the section of vent you had already cleared telescoping in on itself. The fan that was firmly behind you when you entered is approaching quickly as each section of vent disappears into another. I would tell you to run, but right now that's not possible. You scuttle on your hands and knees as quickly as you can towards the other grate. For every decimeter you cross, the fan crosses too. Fortunately, the vent wasn't nearly as long as it seemed, and you reached the grate sooner than you expected. Unfortunately, the vent isn't nearly as long as it seems, and it seems like the fan will arrive sooner than you expect. On top of that, the grate is stuck fast. On top of that, the grate is stuck fast. Unlike the other one, it looks like it opens into the room below. You rattle it with your hands and try to hit it open with no success. You're going to have to kick it open. The fan is closing in, and even without the blades, the high winds it creates make it difficult to sit still. You probably only have one shot at this. What are you going to do? You rear back on your newly sprained ankle to allow yourself the most leverage. Pain shoots through your body as you put pressure on your ankle. Tears well up in your eyes, but you don't need to see. Your foot's trajectory is set, and you bring it down with as much force as you can muster. You come tumbling out of the vent. The force of the kick was more than enough to open it, and the follow-through caused you to come careening out. You land on your back on a soft patch of see-through material. In fact, you're surrounded by see-through material on all sides. 
Beyond the clear walls, you can't see much as you are nearly blinded by incredibly bright and large lights. If you were able to look beyond the glow of the studio lights, you'd be able to see rows upon rows of silhouetted figures in attendance. Actually, be glad you can't see them. The figures are incredibly large and aren't shrouded in shadow, but instead are comprised of it. No two forms are the same, and yet none of them resemble any variation of humanity. Their mannerisms approximate applause. Your display in particular has them wrapped. That's good. You'll be the one to watch when we go into round two. So, do you think you've learned your lesson? What lesson? Clearly not. Back in the fridge. No! I wonder if I could fit in my fridge. Okay, okay, you're gonna find this funny. But there was a latch on the inside the whole time. Jane? 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 Restructuring will begin momentarily. Please stand by. Uncommon Commons is a podcast. It is written and recorded by Alex Vitale and George Plank. Our theme song was written by Charles Adam Robinson. And our logo designed by Sam Vitale. Special thanks to our EA, Rebecca Tewksbury. You can find us on Twitter at un underscore commons, on Instagram at uncommon underscore commons, or email us directly at zeronullstreet at gmail.com. Stay. And remember, nothing is real.